0: Welcome to Public Domain Video Theater presented by the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Well, it's time for another episode of Man Behind the Badge. The original air date on this uh, program was... February 26, 1955, it was Season 2, Episode 8, and the title is The Case of the Priceless Passport.
1: This flag is the symbol of liberty for over 160 million Americans. And this is the symbol of justice, which those self-same Americans enjoy. Good evening, I'm Charles Bigfoot. The rights of liberty and justice travel all over the world with anyone who enjoys the privilege of carrying this priceless piece of paper. All the hard-fought freedoms from the Pilgrim's Landing to the Declaration of Independence to the Atlantic Charter, belong to anyone who is the legal bearer of this passport of the United States. These past events, then, measure its present worth and the lengths to which people will go to secure it. Which brings us to our story for tonight. A story which begins in Calexico, California, and which was only one incident in the career of Frank Ellis, Retired member of the United States Department of Immigration. Tonight's Man Behind the Badge. His days get hot in Calexico, California, and the office of Frank Ellis wasn't air conditioned. He figured to quit early when his boss, Tom Gallup, entered the office.
2: Frank, I'm taking you off from the Mojave case. Well, what's up? I've well, got a top priority from Washington. That there's a phony passport ring working out of Mexico. Do you want? According to the little information they have, the headquarters is in Acapulco. Got any leads? No. All they know is that somebody is supplying aliens with passports, complete in every detail, paper, ink, stamps. But that isn't all. So what do you mean? they picked up three people in the last four months with passports, driver's license, social security cards, and credit cards. They can supply all that. They must have a very efficient organization. They have. You're to leave for Mexico in four days. You're to go undercover. Here's your new identity. Well, won't be the first time. Oh, mm-hmm. well, uh, do I go this alone? No. Tony Peters will go along as a combined chauffeur, confident, and bodyguard. He's been briefed and knows his cover story. Tony's a good boy. Well, you better get your desk cleaned off and get started on your homework. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, uh, Chief, uh,. I am surprised one of these people they picked up didn't talk. They won't talk. That's another thing you've got to find out. Why? They had one right to the verge. A German national, 55 years of age. He asked to be left alone a minute to make up his mind. Did he? I guess he did. He jumped
1: out the window. Going undercover was no new experience for Frank Ellis. The next day, he memorized the material... And that night began the job of assuming another identity. Great place:
2: uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Name: Paul Robert Brennan. Age: Born September 9th, 1910. Were you ever arrested? Uh bookmaking in 1938, Set and suspended. Uh served a year in Atlanta. Oh, well. Uh, so 2 years in Atlanta for bribery 1939-1940. Where do you live? Cardinal tells any of you. You married?
1: No. you have a home? No. Is there such a man as Paul Robert Bremen? No, but there will be before Frank Ellis leaves this room. All one night and the next day he was questioned. The ritual would continue through meals and drinks and what little sleep he could get. Hmm? Oh. What business you in?
2: Investments. What kind? Anything that interests me. Where do you live? Hotel in San Diego. You married? No. Have a home? No. Any living relatives? Brother. Boston. Age? Forty-four. War experience? None. Name? Paul Robert Bremond. Oh, over Bremer. Oh, you ask Mr. Gallup to come in, please. sleeper huh
1: (laughs) the following afternoon Frank Ellis employee of the Department of Immigration reborn as Paul Robert Brevin arrived in Acapulco with his chauffeur bodyguard for three and a half weeks he played the rich American he made sure that everyone knew he paid for what he got but that he couldn't be taken he was seen where the big money lives And known where the easy money talks. Less than four weeks, Paul Robert Bremen was a part of Acapulco.
3: I think you've made a mistake, friend. You are, Mr. Bremen, are you not? That's right allow me to introduce myself. Leon Sandimas. I think we have something in common. A business proposition. I have certain contacts at the track at Mexico City. We have possession of certain information. Do I make myself clear? I have two rules, Mr. Sandimas.
2: One of them is never to discuss business at dinner. And the other? The other is
1: never discussed business with you. Ellis was building a reputation of a man who enjoyed operating on the gray side of the law, but not for pennies. And while he spread this reputation among the cover charge clientele, his assistant worked the other side of town. Between the two of them, they hoped to attract their quarry.
2: A man in his business must make a lot of money. He does. What is his business? You didn't answer my question. You didn't expect me to, did you? No. But you like an answer. See? Well, let's just say my boss is in the business of doing favors for people. Is there money in these? Lots of money. For instance, he has a couple of friends who'd like to visit the States. For certain reasons, it isn't easy for them to visit the States but my boss well he'll find a friend who'll do his friends a favor understand uh, these friend your boss has not found him yet uh, those things take time I have a boss too and sometimes my boss he gives me a little extra if I do him a favor you understand I make a little that way too
3: Carlos two more tequila
2: it's my turn to pay yeah. I'll see you get your money worth. If we don't come up with something soon, I'm going to have to tell the chief to call it off. Try some other attack. I've kept a close check on the aliens in the hotel. they a pretty closed mouth bunch. Mm. Didn't you sign the check? Gave it to the waiter. Just forgotten it. Well, it's an engraved invitation. Oh they're great for throwing parties in this town. You are cordially invited to attend. What's it all about? To attend a special party tomorrow night at 11 p.m. The address is 611 Ocean Drive. I don't remember any homes out that way. Maybe it's going to be a pretty exclusive party.
1: 1030 the next night Frank Ellis and his assistant started out. They drove along the ocean front Number 611 was the only building for a mile and a half It was an empty warehouse It was an odd place for even the most exclusive of parties
2: This is gonna be more exclusive than I figured it's a swell place for a hold-up
3: Yeah me, Pedro. You
2: came awful close to getting yourself killed, friend.
3: I was protecting him.
2: Didn't I see you a few weeks ago in a restaurant? That is right. You haven't got anything I want to buy. Come on, Tony.
3: I think I have. I heard talk about you, Mr. Brayman. I thought first you were merely a gambler. But at the restaurant, you taught me different. All right. You got an education. What do I get? It took me a while to get acquainted with you. Questions had to be asked, answers received. I had to find out all about you. I was pleased what I found out, and so now... I think you can get what you want. Which is American passports.
2: All right, keep talking. They come high. That doesn't mean anything.
3: 5000 apiece.
2: What do I get for the
3: money? An American passport. That isn't enough. How about the whole setup? That, too, can be arranged. Cost a little more. A legitimate American social security number, driver's license, even credit cards. What's the
2: tab on two complete sets? Fifteen thousand.
3: American dollars, of course.
2: How do I know you can deliver? Our business is full of little gambles. I like to know the odds. Especially at these prices.
3: The choice is yours. All
2: right. I'll try. These are the pictures for the passports.
3: How soon can I get delivered? Ten days. Why so long? My partner, a countryman of yours, must arrange certain details.
2: Okay. A week from Tuesday night. Eight o'clock. Room 505 Carton Hotel in San Diego. On the American side? I assume you have a legitimate passport. Naturally. You did want cash? Naturally. (laughs) You didn't expect me to bring it here, did you?
1: a long 10-day wait. Ellis had gotten word to his office in Calexico that the meet was arranged. His orders were to accept the passports and pay off and mark bills. He expected to have everything tied up by five. It was now 9.20. How long do we wait?
2: Another 40 minutes. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, Mexicans lead a more relaxed life than we do, Tony. Time just isn't important. Or else we made a mistake. No. I rechecked everything. We didn't make a mistake. We played everything perfect. Well, something must have gone wrong. Look at the time. I don't have to look. (sighs) (laughs) It's like I say. Time just isn't important to them. your boss. I don't deal with anyone but the head man. I'm sorry, senor. Now look, I'm not going to wait here forever. You don't have to, senor. The deal is off.
1: On the surface, it seemed as though Frank Ellis had reached the end of his assignment. By a predetermined signal, a meeting was arranged with his superior. Since he was still on the case, was still playing a part, he had to act in character. So far as he could determine, he was not being followed, but no chances could be taken. So far as he could determine, a mistake had been made somewhere along the line, but it was still too soon to identify himself as a member of the immigration department. Still too soon to admit defeat.
2: Spotted him? I don't know. I'm sure you met the right man. Positive. Got a partner. American. I've never met him. If you can reopen the case. Maybe. I'm oh, getting worried. The operation's spreading. One more hand to play. I don't know whether they'll call. and You're still on the case, but remember, it's a big money operation. If anybody gets in their way, I just deliver the message is my boss ain't happy my boss said to go to San Diego and say no to the American deal For no reason no he don't give me no reason oh, forget it My boss is working in a new angle got a new contact might cost him a few more bucks but this guy'll deliver excuse me I have to call my girl is this enough see si. I talk fast bet you will Well, it's been 18 hours, Tony. No messages. When he went to make that call last night I figured we were home. Sure he surely understood you. Look Frank, this guy's as dumb as he plays. I started to draw a picture. he got it fast hmm. Well if nothing happens we're pulling out of here tomorrow. I'll have the chief make a deal with the Mexican police. set up a surveillance Jeff. Don't put any stock in us. That's about all. Mr. Bremen's room. Just a moment, sir. I'll ask him. It's Mr. Sandemas. I want to know if you can have dinner with him. Tell him yes, but downstairs. Can you meet him downstairs, sir? An hour. That'll be fine with Mr. Bremen, sir. Downstairs in one hour. do business or don't we there
3: are certain problems
2: I can't buy that I was waiting and I had the money
3: certain complications now look
2: I'm working on another deal either you want my business or you don't
3: the entire decision isn't up to me
2: you've had plenty of time will you stop hedging what went wrong your partner disagree on the price
3: we would like another week to think it over.
2: No deal. A few hours. Where do we meet? The warehouse. I'll be there. Ten o'clock. Make sure your partner's there.
3: Bremen.
2: There must be a cleaner place to do business. But not a more secluded one. My name is Winston. You, the reason for the delay? I am. Why? Mr. Bremen, I take a personal interest in the work I do. And I take an interest in the people who use my efforts. If they have something in their background, they keep hidden. I want to know about it. Keep talking. My partner here is in possession of the photographs you gave us to use on the passports. You changed the subject, Winston. If they have a past to hide, my future is secure. A nice little sideline. little blackmail, huh? Get something good and solid on them and bleed them. Let's call it a mutual security pact. A little insight into their background will keep them from informing on me. Those are the conditions,
3: Mr. Brayman. I protect my clients.
2: They pay me well to keep their identities hidden. They can afford the luxury. In that case, maybe we can still do business. The original deal was 15. Double it. No. 25. American
3: dollars, right? In bills of hundreds and less.
2: All right. Pay office in San Diego partner has my address I'll expect delivery in five days wouldn't it be just as simple to deliver the money here just as simple but not as safe you see I like to see what I'm buying before I hand over the money and I would prefer $30,000. and delivered here we're playing games again Winston now here's my offer 25,000 delivered to my hotel in San Diego Friday night at eight I'll be there. But I won't wait a minute longer. Come on, Tony. What about it? It isn't quite eight. You think they'll show? One way or another, they'll show. It's twenty-five thousand dollars in these bundles. Man will take an awful lot of chances for that kind of money, or to silence us. Oh, uh, take off that coat and roll up your sleeves. I want them to see that you're not hiding anything. You know, Tony, this this Sandy Moss. He poses as such a calm, composed man. Did you ever watch his hands? That that trick he has, running his thumb along the tips of his fingers to drive them. Ah, he's too nervous for my taste. Well, Winston seems to know what he's doing. Yeah. That's what I'm afraid of. Exactly eight. Yes? Keep that door between you when you open it. I have the merchandise you ordered, Mr. Frammer. All right, let's
3: have it. Relax.
2: My uh, my partner gets nervous when somebody is standing behind him. Come here, Tony. They did a good job. Nice, clean work. The best. And now, if you're satisfied, uh, the money. Leon? Leon? Try another package. And the third, please. Are you going to count it? That's not necessary. It's a pleasure to do business with you, Mr. Bremer. We'll get in touch with you if we need anything else along the same line. You do that. Come along, Leon. Oh, uh, Mr. Bremer. I'm sure your clients will find our work satisfactory. If they have any friends, we'll be glad to service them at the same fee. Emigration officers. I'm sure they'll find the work very satisfactory. All right, boys.
1: of the Mexican police. Extradition papers were speedily handled and Leon San was brought to trial. His partner, being an American citizen and already under the jurisdiction of the court, was also brought to trial. They were both convicted on all counts and sentenced to not less than 30 years to the penitentiary at McNeil's Island. The United States passport is more than just a permit to enter or leave the shores of continental United States. It's like the flag, an insurance policy that affords you the protection of the Bill of Rights. Remember, if you will, how much a passport to our country means to others. Then maybe our country will mean a little more to you. And now this is Charles Bickford inviting you to be with us next week. Once again, you will see another authentic story of one whose duty it is to serve. A public servant dedicated to you. And whom you will meet as the man behind the badge
0: Welcome back. There are programs of old-time police and uh, investigator programs that make you feel the amount of sacrifice that uh, people go through. This one's a little bit less obvious in that regards. Because on one hand, uh, our hero spent weeks living the life of a high roller in Mexico. However, it's important to keep in mind with this sort of case that uh, there is always a risk of death because you're dealing with dangerous people. The effort to catch those who would sell fake passports is really important because of who would buy the passports. And while it might just be someone from organized crime or drug traffickers, these could also be used for espionage, or today we'd be concerned about the risk of terrorism. So it's definitely an important job. From an acting note, one interesting uh, feature of this is the actor who played Tony. It's Claude Akins. Uh, Claude Akins uh, went on to have a very successful career career. As a character actor, and one role mystery fans may recognize him from, is as Captain Ethan Clake. A fishing boat captain who was Jessica Fletcher's first uh, sidekick on Murder, She-Road. From 1985 on, he was replaced uh, by William Wyndham who played Dr. Seth Hazlitt, who played that sort of role in the uh, Cabot Cove episodes of Murder, She Wrote. Well, that's all for now.